Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And interview candidates all in one place. To find your next great hire, visit Indeed.com slash credit. I have only five words for you. From my cold, dead hands. It's time for Gun Radio Utah. No Apologies, a show dedicated to preserving and protecting your constitutional right to bear arms for your security and sport. Here's your host, well-known gun rights advocate and chairman of the Utah Shooting Sports Council, Clark Capotion. And welcome to Gun Radio Utah. Bill, are you deaf? I am deaf. You're deaf? I am deaf. All right, are we hearing Bill? Okay, that's fine. All right. Hey, there are no apologies. Keeping with that in mind, we've got Bill Pedersen in the studio and we're both members of the Utah Shooting Sports Council. Now here comes Dan. This is a whole party inside the studio all of a sudden. All right, do this without disturbing me because because uh, I'm, I'm the Clark of Potion. Anyway, now Casey's rolling her eyes right now. All right, Casey's not in the studio. All right, also in the studio today, uh, we've got Russ Oliver. And uh, this is going to be one really interesting and it, it, you, you got to promise me, Russ, it's not going to go over my head too much. It, that, that doesn't take much. And I already warned you, Clark, that you should have had someone more articulate on your show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Russ is the, uh, Russ is the president of uh, Strategic Sciences. Did I get that right? Yeah. Strategic yeah. Science. Strategic yes. Science. It's 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 not something you can say really fast. So anyway, um, oh, before I forget, I got to shoot a shout out to Dan. Dan came along with many others to the event at the Leighton Cal Ranch uh, with Intermountain Healthcare and Primary Children's Medical Center. Yeah, how'd that turn out? That actually turned out wonderfully. It was a gun safe giveaway event and free gun safes. Well, gun lock boxes. It was like a thirty thirty five dollar deal. Yeah. And uh, really cool ones as well as, uh, you know, different kinds of locks and, and that. Uh, that worked out great. We had a lot of listeners show up to, uh, to, to the event. And that was from 10 to 1 today. And well, that's good. Uh, what's going on over here? All right. So, um, yeah, yeah. Just the best time to do it is just right while I'm on the – no. <laughs> so, anyway, so we've got uh, – we did that. So I have to say hi to, to, uh, to Dan out there and then uh, – then yesterday, I came into town yesterday, went over to Browning headquarters, not Browning headquarters, but to uh, to the media center out there, the old Browning workshop in Ogden on yeah. Kiesel Avenue. Kiesel? Kiesel? Kiesel. Kiesel? Sure. By 25th and Wall. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, shout out to Richard Abbey. Richard Abbey, one of, our, uh, one of our friends of Gun Radio Utah, and do a little shout out there. I learned, I thought I knew... About John M. Browning and everything and I, that. Every time but I, I hear something, there's more. something new that I, I learned. learned. Way more. Yeah. And I stood on the floor of his one of his very first workshops in Utah there. And it still has the wood floor there. It still has oh, really? all the burn and the scuff marks. It's been epoxied, kind of, you know, clear right. epoxy, so it's it's preserved. Sealed, yeah. But I stood right there where he was building guns and the you know this kind of stuff. Of- it was uh, it was amazing, and yeah. then we went over to the Union Station there, the museum at the end of Twenty Fifth, and the museum there, yeah. 
and wow, saw, in fact, I was telling Russell, I saw serial number one of the BAR, the Browning oh, Auto really? Rifle, and then I saw serial number zero one of the production one. They had them both there, among uh, many other, I mean, every other kind of Browning gun you can think of. And he actually had a, he had a bump stock gun. Yeah, you were telling me about this last yeah, night. Yeah, he had one. It didn't look like the traditional bump stock, but it act it was activated via the existing inertia recoil in the stock. And so he was doing that in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So is he accredited for the bump stock? I don't know. They didn't in, call in it a, a bump sense, stock. I mean, yeah, but I guess... Well, it, it, I, I, here's the fascinating thing with browning. Any firearm you pick up, there's a piece of browning. Now. Yeah, the Colt, and to think the Colt Woodsman, now the Ithaca that your Model bump 10, stock the, yeah. has a piece of browning in yeah. it is kind of yeah. ironic. The 1873 Winchester, all the yeah, yeah. when we heard about how the the connection between Winchester, the connection between FN, uh, the connection between Colt, yeah, and Browning, yeah, and he made 61 trips on a boat, 61 trips on a boat to Belgium. Uh, to Herstal, Belgium, uh, and, and 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 basically solidified that connection, which they still have today. So, yeah. That's the, to say nothing amazing. of the M1919, the 1917, the water-cooled uh, machine gun, all the way up to he was making 37-millimeter anti-aircraft uh, guns. I, like I say, and I'll always say, that guy was way ahead of his time. Way ahead of his time. Yeah. I mean, I mean... Our country can't be more thankful for that. Yeah. Guy. Well, and then, uh, and we, I, I read the story and heard it uh, from Nathan Gorenstein, Gorenstein, the author of that Browning book that we talked about last week, uh -huh. about how uh, Germany in their 1930s was just basically running all over Western Europe and taking everything in its path. And when they got to Britain, they said, okay, we can't do it because Britain has this huge naval presence. So we're going to have to do it by the air, via the air. Uh, so they mounted yeah. six M1919s, three on each uh, on each wing, uh, three of these, firing, I don't know, what's, what are those firing those days, 800, 900 rounds a minute? So we're almost up to the minigun level mm -hmm. and firing, and we're able to defend Britain. So Browning worked with the Brits to, to, to mount... Amazing. Six of these M1919 machine guns, belt-fed machine guns, on each plane, and uh, and defend and defend that. In fact, I think it was Goering who was uh, was it Hermann Goering who was the head of the Luftwaffe in Germany during Hitler's time, and he said if they had had those, they would have taken they would have taken uh, Britain, baboom, just like that. If they wow. had had those guns, wow. So interesting thing. Yeah. So, are uh, my books in the mail? What's that? My I don't, books in I the don't mail? know. I, I, they, they were out of books when I got there, and so I ordered okay, three of them. Book. But I, I did, I did tell them to put your name on one of them. So awesome! Thank you. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I told them to say Billiam. Billiam. <laughs> yeah, so, give it. Say, give me my I German. I did say I did. My German I did mention name. to him that you're the only other guy that has a 1911 license plate. Oh, well, thank so you. I did say that. So thank you. Anyway, so you got some street cred. Do I get a get discount on my next Browning clothing? Yeah, you get uh, double prize money. Awesome. That. <laughs> double prize money. All right. So uh, we did that. We talked about Intermountain Healthcare. We talked about that. I'd love to, if we only had time, talk about Rittenhouse. we got to fit that in a little bit. Just, I mean, just a couple of minutes. I don't know how much time we got there, Well, Dan? to the quarter, you know. We got, oh, okay. You know. So, okay, talk. Talk, okay. Bill. 
It's very, this has been the most interesting trial I've ever seen. And I kind of have my thoughts and ideas how the outcome's going to be. It's kind of interesting that the National Guard has already been deployed and asked for their resor- their services. Um, blows me away. It What really makes me, what really, I got thinking about this at the end. This, I mean, if you're a Black Lives Matter or an Antifa group or whatever, and you go storming down the road and you see some people protecting a building, you might want to think twice, um, you know, of the provoc- provocation that you might want to have with these guys. But then I got thinking, you know what, if you're protecting a building <laughs> from Antifa or Black Lives Matter, which who I call burn, loot, and murder, um, you might want to think about what they might be carrying in the small of their back, too. But, but I mean, you, you know, you talk about protecting a building, but when you're talking about protecting a building, you know, the, the prosecution was big on saying, hey, you can't protect property with deadly yeah, force. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? And I don't know that it's any different in Wisconsin than it is here in Utah. If you uh, arson, especially of an occupied building, is a forcible felony in which you can use under 76-2-402 yeah. Uh, a force which is likely to kill or seriously injure uh, to to stop someone who is in the act of oh, that forcible phony, yeah. including arson, because, you know, when there's people in the building and you set the building on fire, which yeah. they were setting everything they could on fire. Well, uh, when we come back. Yeah, go ahead. So when we come back on Gun Radio. 50 MBPs, customers only, equipment taxes and fees extra and subject to change after term regular rate supply. Protecting and preserving your constitutional right to bear arms. It's Gun Radio Utah on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Here's your host, Clark Opposian. And welcome back to Gun Radio Utah. So glad to have you here on this lovely, lovely Saturday afternoon. I came in the studio, Clark, and I was saying, I should be out hunting or shooting something. Well, because it's so fact, nice. You had been out hunting. I have been. But yeah. But then I asked you. I said, I, I, I said, did you get anything? No. Um, and you said no. I said, so you've been hunting and not shooting. Yep. Well, I've been shooting. I've been shooting other critters. So basically, it's kind of like chased off a couple you know, of coyotes. Bill, you go to lot, like a lot of remote, beautiful areas. Yeah. You see interesting creatures and you kill them. Yeah, that's true. And then I make a yeah yeah that's true. And so, I'm going to go out again. So yeah, I'm going to go out again. So, but wasn't yeah, that a marine wasn't that a Marine Corps type uh, advertisement? Is to you know travel to far away exotic yeah. lands, meet interesting See the people, world. and kill them. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. In fact, that brings me. Okay. Well, you know, there's no. There's no subtle segue into this. That brings me to Russell Oliver, who's sitting across from me right now. He's a Green Beret, and uh, not a and and there's no there's really not a thing as a former Green Beret. They can call you any time and say, you know, Back as long work. as I guess you're not broken and and stuff like that. Once in the Brotherhood, always get, the Brotherhood. Get right up in there. there. Get go. right up in there. And it and so Russell, you are president of Strategic Sciences. Yes. And you've been president of many things before, and so this is a continuation. Uh, tell us about it. I, I write the stuff down, but sometimes, uh, Russell, I'm going to tell you right off. Sometimes the stuff goes over my head. But it's an engineering, it's a, well, what is strategic sciences? Just just tell us. So we do engineering, uh, generally weapons, weapons engineering, weapons engineering, um, signature reduction, 
uh, and not necessarily just weapons, but any kind of signature reduction. So thermal. signature reduction, like making your making when you sign something smaller. No, no. <laughs> if you if I about sound, right? You're talking about sound. Okay, you definitely could not read anything I wrote. Yeah, yeah, and I guarantee you it's spelled wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, different kind of signatures. So flash signatures, thermal signatures, audio signatures, be it weapon systems, vehicles, those those types of items. Anything that has a signature and would allow, say, an enemy to be able to identify you sooner than you would prefer that they identify you. So that's what uh -huh. I was just going to say. Who wants to reduce their signature? I'm trying to reduce my signature one pound at a time, by the way. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I think I'm down. I, I, you know, I relate to. I identify as myself as being 50 pounds lighter than I was two weeks ago. That's what I identify. Really, as. I may or may not be, but that's okay. how I identify. So, so you have, let's say, customers who say they need this project done. Here's and a, you here's do a, that. Yeah, here's a great example. So, say if you have a, a tactical vehicle and you want to approach a target. The sooner that target identifies your vehicle approaching, whether it be through night visions, through a, uh, a night vision, through a thermal device, or they can hear your engines coming, that gives them time to prepare for your eventual arrival. The longer they have, generally means the more guys you're going to going to lose in that engagement, or certainly the more precarious that engagement is going to be. So you want to get as close as you can to the enemy prior to them being able to identify you, and in that case, a significantly greater degree of mission success. So that's hmm. that's what you do. They give you a task and say, make this less shiny, less loud, less noisy, you know, something like that. And uh, and you do that. And we do and that. You do that exactly. Uh, I know that a lot of your work involves uh, making guns quieter. <laughs> okay. Some Is of that... my favorite work. Yes, yeah, it does. Exactly. And you have been doing that. You know, I want to know how you started in that. I love the story, actually. Uh, the, the first story and then the other story on your suppressor design. And can you talk a little bit about that, how you got started into that? Well, like all great firearms dealers, I started in my garage. If you didn't start in your garage, I have questions about you. So I started in my garage, <laughs> and of all places, West Valley City. So I did gunsmithing and sold weapons out of my garage, uh, just a little uh, myself and my wife. And then later we opened a little hole-in-the-wall gun store and then a larger gun store with a range and then became distributors. And, and that's where I actually met you was in, I want to say, 1995, something like that, 1995. I was a brand-new concealed carry instructor. And you called, and you said, I want you to try out this range that I've got. Yes, I had a new electronic range that was like a movie, and when the, when the, the bullet hit the screen, where it should or shouldn't, you had a reaction in the film. So the, the movie was interactive. It was called in, Interactive Something Ranges, and it was a great law enforcement training aid. We did law enforcement training at the time, and then Concealed Carry Program came out for that same uh, range system, and then I was looking for somebody to come out and take advantage of that range. and Okay, one of the funnest things we used to do, Bill, on the range mm -hmm. was they had, primarily it was designed for law enforcement scenarios. So, you know, your the, the, the movie Bad would guy. be, a, you know, a, a law enforcement, you know, guy, a cop pulling up and mm -hmm. he sees, you know, that kind of a thing. But a lot of stuff was the concealed carry type stuff. And so they envisioned you using a revolver or a 9 mil pistol or something like that. Well, we would go in there with your full auto HK MP5, <laughs> And we would run the concealed carry program and light that thing up with 30 rounds of 9 mil, and it would catch, and it would track every bullet. Wow. Yeah. But I don't think they ever envisioned the concealed carry scenario to be engaged, the bad guy being engaged with an MP5. <laughs> so that was, that was some fun stuff. But we won. But we won. They and do I, today, though. And I remember, 
I tell you, I remember the value. The, I, I had an epiphany of the, of the value of those interactive systems when Russell took me in for the very first time, and we engaged on that thing. And I remember, I, I can't remember how I did, but I remember coming out, and my hands were literally shaking a little bit. I had so much adrenaline dumped yeah. in there, and I instantly realized this is the closest thing I've had all day to real yeah. life. That's a great experience yeah. if you get a chance to go out and try something like that because you really learn a lot about yourself on those. All right. So, Russell, now I, I seem to remember you've been innovative. You've been very innovative and have literally have changed the face of suppressor technology. The guy sitting across from me right now has changed the face of suppressor technology, let's just say that, that we know of today. Am I... That, that's correct. If you say so, Clark. Yeah. It's your studio. <laughs> yeah. Well, go ahead and deny it. You're I the mean, boss. I mean, um, You're the host here. Definitely and, came up with some unique um, designs that, that changed the, the aspects of suppression in regards to how it affects negatively affects a weapon system, especially military-type weapon systems. Okay, so that's what I want to talk about. I hate to cut you off, but you've got, say, two customers. You've got, say, maybe one that more has a more of a, a military type of uh, a, a task or mission, and then you've got a civilian type one. I'm trying to suppress my Beretta 92 or something like that. What's the difference there, and what, you know, how does that work? Several differences. Uh, the the use, so the degree of use is is a significant difference right there, and that really plays into some of the some of the motivations of a, of the more military type design that I came up with is is creates far less what we call blowback into the weapon system, which if you're only shooting a few hundred rounds, even a few thousand rounds, it's not the end of the world. However, in a military type situation, when you're shooting, you know. It, many, many rounds, be it the same day or the same week or the same months, say a spool-up training for a mission, then you're shooting thousands of rounds, and all the carbon gets built up in your weapon system with a traditional baffle-type uh, weapons, uh, a baffle-type right. suppressor. When you have a, a suppressor that allows all that to be, to, to flow through the can, if you will, and be blown out at the end, you don't have some of those adverse effects. Okay, so, so that's not the first thing I think of when I think of a suppressor. I think of, it's got to be shush, 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 quiet. How did you come up with the idea that you need to change the back pressure or change the junk coming back at you so i was behind laying behind uh my my designation in uh in special operations is an 18 bravo so i'm a i'm a weapons and tactics expert and with that you get to run the 240 bravo so you carry what we call the gun and it's a belt fed 762 machine gun very large bevy, very heavy uh generally not suppressed crew serve too yeah, right? crew serve, yeah. yeah except i was the whole crew so yeah. an, an 18 bravo <laughs> was his own crew we, yeah. we carry the the weapon we carry we the ammo yeah. and we carry it over any terrain okay so uh i'm shooting i'm shooting a, a 240 bravo and at the time, we had just gotten some new suppressors for them. Signature reduction, in this case, it was flash, uh, was, mm. was of grave concern in many areas of operation. So the main aspect of that suppressor was to hide the flash. I, if sound, you, you say, hey, they're, cut, they're over there, like kind of like a 2 to 10 type scenario. But if you see a flash, then you can immediately return accurate fire. And so flash is what was killing... Uh, Operators in the field uh -huh. was that flash signature. So we're we're shooting a a suppressor on a 240 Bravo to hide the flash, so as we don't have to get up and do what they call displace, run someplace mm -hmm. else and lay back down and start shooting again. So shooting this suppressor, I realized with my face black, my eyes are watering, I I can't hit the target. I can barely even see my tracer that 
you know what? The problem with suppressors in a military application is all of that pressure that's retained by the baffle system. And when the bolt opens, then that pressure has an easier path to go back out of the chamber rather than the muzzle. And, of course, that's right in the face of the operator. Tremendously detrimental in, in many mm. different ways. And that was the motivation. That's interesting because it's real world. Yeah. It's, it's real world. You saw the problem. Now, the, your boss at that time didn't understand that that was an issue, right? Not at how all. How did you I, communicate? I, how did you communicate? Now, we've got 10 seconds. Did you, were you able to effectively communicate the issue to your superiors? Absolutely not. I'm not an articulate guy, so, so it, it took brute force. <laughs> okay. All right. When we come back, we're going to be talking more with Russ Oliver, president of Strategic Sciences. I also want to find out a little bit more. Because it's real news for real people. Are you struggling with erectile dysfunction? Visit WasatchMedicalClinic.com for a free offer. Go ahead. Make my day. Utah's Talking Guns. It's Gun Radio Utah. No apologies. Here's your host, chairman of the Utah Shooting Sports Council, Clark Capotion. Well, I got one thing to say. That'll, that'll put the lead in your Zeppelin, I think, right there. <laughs> it's funny, right? Before Clint Eastwood comes on, yeah. you know. Go ahead, make my Go day. Go ahead, make my day. Like, it right. sounds like a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, let me bring it. Welcome back to Gun Radio Utah. And I was supposed to do this at the end of last segment, but sometimes I don't do this at the end of last segment. And Bill likes to remind me, hey, you didn't After. do such and such afterwards. The fact. So I, I want to talk to you about the gunsmith at Sportsman's Warehouse. The gunsmith at Sportsman's Warehouse comes into play when your spouse uh, gets a hold of your gun. You told them not to touch your gun. They touched your gun. They broke it. Are you talking about Casey? Uh Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, okay, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Back on to the gunsmith. <laughs> so it doesn't matter how your gun broke or what it's doing that, it's, that you don't want it to do. Maybe it's the wrong color. Maybe it needs some engraving. Maybe it needs Cerakoting. Maybe you don't know. And a guy came to me today at the event and he said he brought in a bag of guns. A bag of parts. A bag of parts. A bag of a parts. Bag of guns. <laughs> and it was a sour, but not a SIG sour. It was a sour something else. Anyway. Oh, S-O-U-R. Yeah. Er, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, so, you got a bag so anyways, of parts. Um, and, and the gunsmith at Sportsman's Warehouse can actually do that, can actually fix those. Because I, I continually am trying to top them. I'm giving them the weirdest guns out there. And uh, and they all come back fixed and Cerakoted and that. So you can get a hold of them. Uh, you can actually go right down to their place at 1630 South, 5070 West in Salt Lake. That is 1630 South, 5070 West in Salt Lake. Give them a call at 801-304-8070, 801-304-8070. Or better yet, take your gun in to any of the over 110 Sportsman's Warehouse locations. There's got to be one or two near you. And take it over to the gunsmith's counter and say, get this to the gunsmith. At Sportsman's Warehouse. All right. Now, we are back with Russ Oliver. I don't call you Russell. I call you Russ. And, Russ, we've got, we were talking about you were behind the trigger on an M240 Bravo. Uh, is, that a, that, is that a heavy machine? That's, 
what would you call that? Is that that's a machine gun, obviously. It's a belt-fed machine gun. Belt-fed machine gun. Because I know there's light belt-fed. and there's heavy. Is a heavy a 50? Or... Well, heavy fifties are heavy, but yeah, the two forty yeah. Bravo is pretty heavy too. It's twenty seven yeah. pounds. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, you were uh, you were the entire gunner. Uh, <laughs> and <all> yes. <laughs> and you started getting smoke and hot gases and 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 soot and burn powder and that in your eyes. And you said, "There's got to be a better way." Has to be a better way. Then that was the issue with suppressors in a military type application. Is the is the detrimental effects that they cause on a semi-automatic in in nearly every circumstance, and that's what really took me to the first design of, of a of a a suppressor that was you know really baffled us as far as the traditional designs. Okay, and so without getting into that so much, you really you, you really turn things around. You you attack you you approach the the concept of turning sound and all that kind of stuff into into heat is that right right so the i mean a, a traditional suppressor you're transferring the, the form of energy and so you have a, a baffle or a cone or a, just call it a chamber and the longer that the energy is trapped in that chamber then it, it transfers to the walls of the suppressor and that that's heat and you they get hot red hot white hot in a machine gun so you have a an amount of time in which you trap that energy inside of a chamber, and it transfers over the surface area of that chamber. So that's one way to do it, and that's the traditional way to do it. What you could also do, same exact same physics, just a little bit different application, where you have greater surface area. So you're not re- you're not relying upon the time in which it's exposed, but you're relying upon the distance in which it has to travel over a greater surface area. Either way, the physics are the same. You're transferring energy over so and, and one way that I know the suppressor manufacturers have achieved that greater surface area is just to make their suppressor longer. Of course, that works. Right. And that, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm still waiting on my 50 BMG suppressor, which is the length of three Pringles cans, I think, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so, but you, you went the other way. You were able to achieve more surface area without going into that greater uh, diameter or greater length, so to speak. And so that's been, it's been extremely innovative in everything I'm not saying as to how you were able to do that. But you must go through a lot of, you must have to do a lot of shooting to get this down. Hundreds of thousands, millions, we'll just just skip right to the millions, millions of rounds through hundreds of guns, yes. So when you develop a suppressor, how many rounds do you think you have put through a gun before you get from from point A to the point where you're delivering it to the customer, a few million, a few million. Rounds. The original ones, as uh, once once a, a design or a theory becomes more mature, and then of course the round count goes down. But some of the first designs were hundreds of thousands, millions of rounds. Okay, how do you do that in this? <laughs> Day and time, yeah. because I go to the store and I, and I'm trying to find five five six. I'm trying to find uh, three hundred blackout. I'm trying to find this, and I can find enough for an afternoon of shooting. But what do you yes. do? I mean, I could not find it either. So what we ended up having to do is import our ammunition from Europe. We could not find a domestic supply in the mili- of the of the ammunition that we needed to test. So went to uh, former business partners in Europe and and imported containers of ammunition so that we could just do basic You mean like shipping containers? Shipping containers. Yeah, shipping containers of ammunition. So, so how many rounds do, is that? <laughs> depending on the caliber, anywhere from a couple million, 500,000 to a couple million per container. Wow. 
Yeah. Okay, and so are we talking what uh, I'm, I'm assuming military type calibers, NATO type calibers? Is am I right? Or? Originally, it was just five five six. Yeah, but then I mean, I generally am not in the in the ammunition market. Uh, I just needed ammunition for weapons device testing. And but hey, if you're going to bring over a container of five five six, why not bring over some nine mil? Why not bring over some hunting ammo? And next thing I knew, we're in the ammo business, and we have millions of rounds stacked up in a warehouse. Okay, so I'm wow. going to go out on a little limb here, and and you can say because there is no no apologies. Uh, you know, the standard place that we think of when we're getting ammo from Europe is Russia and China and that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm not a fan. So we don't. So we don't. We don't sell any uh, Russian ammo. No steel case. No lacquer case. We sell uh, NATO supply, military spec type ammunition from reputable um, manufacturers, and we need that for testing. So we can't have any any odd. So your customer is not gonna is not it's it's not gonna go well with your customer if you're using Russian ammo, Chinese ammo. To test the guns with. Only if we were testing AKs, right? Okay, okay. (laughs) Which we don't, so that's not a problem. (laughs) All right, so that's interesting. So you ended up developing an entire business about having to get your own ammo. Yes, unexpectedly, we ended up with a lot of great ammunition pricing coming in the country. Uh, We were able to pick up some hunting ammo, which was absolutely impossible. And so we brought those in by a few million. I think we have seven plus million rounds right now. And ended up having a, a little website and have done fairly well with it lock and okay so i went on your website bill went on your website lock and load ammo.com bill what was the first thing you saw on there uh let's go brandon it's <laughs> <laughs> awesome oh i know where i'm getting my t-shirt now <laughs> let's go no but you do say we will never enrich our enemies by selling Russian ammunition or Chinese goods. All right, so That's if awesome. people go to Lock and and it's A N D Lock yep. and Load Ammo dot com, and they can uh, can they can they can you ship it to them? Can you how do how do they get this ammo? Yeah, we'll ship we'll ship any place in the U S. where it's legal. You know, so if you're in California, I tell you, move to Free America. We can we can sell you ammo, um, or you know we do have a local pickup option as well. Okay, so I found it interesting how you were telling me you were able to get this ammo from Europe because it's not just sitting in warehouses. How was it with the ranges and that kind of thing? How was it that you were able to find or your people were able to find this ammo? So in, in much of Europe, you have to go to the range to purchase your ammo, shoot your ammo, but you don't have your weapon system or your ammo with you. You go purchase it. Well, with COVID, the ranges were closed. And so you had all this ammunition sitting on the shelves called the, some business associates of mine in Europe. They went around and purchased this ammo off the shelves in gun ranges in and around Europe, Denmark, uh, Germany, and then shipped it to us. We, we imported it. So a so lot of this... Cases and cases, cases and cases, cases, millions of rounds. Yes. So, wow. so if you order from lockandloadammo.com and you get your box and it has a euro price tag on it, you'll know exactly <laughs> why it has a euro price tag. Oh, That's excellent. Awesome. Excellent. Lock and load ammo.com and go on the website. It's a very easy to navigate website. Yeah. Do you, yeah. do you, did you do your own website or do you have somebody do that? Well, I'm challenged, so it's got to yeah. be easy. Yeah, it's got to be. <laughs> uh, I found it very easy to, you know, you go into rifle caliber, pistol caliber, and you click on it and you, you know, whatever. Uh, I found it very easy to do. And you even have uh, 762 by 51, 308, essentially. We do. We have some great, uh, and that, that's one of the one of the few we could find in the uh, in the U.S. So that's Lake City, 2018 Lake City Military Ball. Uh, brand new in the sealed container. So it's... Yeah. it's Not yeah. old stuff. This is no, new stuff. Brand new stuff. This that's is a 19... Revised a confidential consultation today for just $49 or visit revivemenshealth.com to schedule an appointment. Yeah.
She may not have broken my gun, but she messed with it. Well, she she did she, text me. Yeah, she well she denies. She texted me she, and she she's says, messing with it though. Well, no, she texts me. She goes, I never break. And Art's you know the guns. other thing she does? She gets in I my have truck. My own. She gets in my truck and she moves the seat and the mirror, and messes with that. Do you have one of those? Do you have the one person, two person button on your truck? Yeah, but but I don't use. I just you I know. know. Anyway, but there's the nothing mirror, worse than getting in your vehicle mirror thing. and the seats all the way forward, and I yeah. slam and break my kneecaps yeah. on the steering wheel. Yeah. Sorry, and, but and you just, know why they do that? Because they hate you. They, because they yeah, hate you. They do. They hate they you. Do. All right, Bill. Hey, welcome back to Gun Radio Utah. You know what? All the fun sidebar uh, conversations we have on the break because I'm just I'm totally fascinated with suppressors. But where do you see suppressor technology going? You know, with the materials that are coming out, we've seen a lot of changes in the industry with firearms, ammunition, different uh, calibers um, that are becoming the 20th century style. You know, we're getting away from the 30 cal stuff, and we're starting to see a lot more in the 6.5. You know, Creedmoor started I'm out. Still, I'm still I know, in the you're, old stuff. you're old school. You're old school. You're old school. Well, if you, and load you shouldn't have bought com. all that bulk ammo when you did, and you wouldn't have to worry about shooting it. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, are we, are we gonna are we going through a phase like that right now? I think it's a great phase. And innovation in manufacturing is really driving new technologies in weapon systems and 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 specifically in in suppression. So three D printing or metal printing right. allows geometries that that could never have been done before with a traditional, be it cast or lathe or or milling. So there's there's mm. a lot of innovative designs out there, and we actually do quite a bit of technology testing. And validation, and we've we've shot some devices lately, and I'll tell you the the integration of uh, maybe not traditional, exactly traditional baffle systems, but the integration mm-hmm. of of designs that both let those gases expand, so you don't have the blowback uh, and all those debilitating effects, but also incorporate some great sound reduction. We've tested a couple devices that I'll tell you they're they're as good as any of my old ones. Um, really? a lot of that is due to manufacturing techniques. How about does that affect accuracy also? It, it well properly engineered. They don't. Uh, you can certainly engineer ones that'll that'll change your point of impact right. or not be consistent. Um, if your if your threading isn't correct or whatever your quick detach pro, um, you know, mm-hmm. mechanism isn't uh, as refined as it should be. Uh, but I'll tell you, with the performance of some of these new designs, new materials, uh, manufacturing techniques, I, I'm very impressed. Um, so. If you're if you're thinking about buying a can, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're thinking about buying a suppressor, yeah, exactly. You, you, you may want to hey, hold on, hold on maybe a little bit, three six months. Oh, okay. Um, we just I don't want to get in trouble here with the company. Probably not. There's a company that hasn't hit the market yet. It's called Rough Rider Suppressors. Okay. We just tested their device, and and I'm going to plug them because I was that impressed with with the functionality of that device. I mean, Rough Rider Suppressors. Wow. Rough Rider, yes. Okay, and so we're saying three to six months. Three to six months, I would I would guess. So so slow the roll if you're thinking about. <laughs> and I mean, are they going to have pistol and rifle and both? And we tested a five five six designed for AR platforms. Okay, okay. So that's what, that's what we tested, and they have plans to scale that to multiple to just about everything in rifle, and eventually I think pistol. But I hate to speak for them, right. uh, but I know for sure multiple calibers in in rifle. Well, so we'll have to get you back a, in on that when that comes out. Yeah, this means a lot because coming from Russell. To say he likes a suppressor, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's I mean that's kind of huge. So now, did you did you work with them in 
just yeah. in the validation. So they okay. send us okay. the device and say, well, you know, what do you think? Uh, give us give us the actual numbers. Give us the bulb velocity increases. Give us the decibel reduction. What does the flash look like? And we use all the, the standard NATO testing. So it's a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment. And then we, we do weapons function testing as well mm-hmm. as all the signature reduction analysis and then give them a result. And, and in some aspects, I was a bit jealous, I have to tell you. Wow. Well, when and when you come out with a, a new a suppressor, how do you go? Do you just hand it off to the customer and say, okay, this is it. Here's the specs. Here's the drawings. You go produce it, or do you actually manufacture it for them? I do not manufacture. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I do test and engineering. Test and, and engineering. all that I do now. That's what I was best at and decided that's what I'm going to stick with. Good, good. And we were talking about also, um, Clark kind of hinted to it, and I don't know, maybe we can say this or maybe we can ask this, but you came back, you come from another very popular suppressor company that we're, Clark and I are very familiar with. Can you so it gets a little say awkward. that? I don't know how much we can say or do whatever, but yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe we can't. That's fine. He's smiling at me. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I know see, what that means. Yeah. And, see, and you're means. close enough to where he can whack you. Too, so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but I'll tell you, it's great to have innovation, especially here in Utah. And, you know, companies like yours, that uh, come out with these fantastic products, and especially products that are that the military is asking for, that can protect our 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 guys in the field, you know, you know, in times of combat. I I think it's awesome. Especially, we just came off of Veterans Day this past week. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Thank you. So um, now I know you, some, you started you at an older age, which blows me away. It's like, and, and, and how did can, they let you, you in? Too, so. <laughs> yeah, you do. Thank Continue. you. It's a great way. Uh, so. You know, and and so like I said, I've got I've got a uh, it, I'm still waiting on the paperwork, but you know, to come back from uh, from NFA is uh, is my 50 BMG suppressor. I mean, it, it's it's enormous, it's huge, enormous. Do you have when you're talking about something like that? Do you just scale up the design, or do you have to change everything completely uh, when, you, when you're trying to— Because I'm talking about suppression. I don't really care about the flash, because most of the time people aren't shooting back at me. I'll, I'll give you the—the the, 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 the technical answer to that is, is joules of energy. And I was schooled on this by Lawrence Livermore. So what they would do is figure, how many joules of energy is it that do you, do you want to— that energy needs to be absorbed or tran- not really right. absorbed, but transferred. And it's all a matter of how many joules of energy is produced by that propellant. And once you know that, and then you can scale it to every other caliber. And then, of course, mechanically, your design is equivalent to a specific degree of joules of energy. If that that did not sound very simple, but no, but I got it. I got answer. it because it's answer. not spelled this. Well, a lot of people are thinking it's J E U. It, it, ELS. It, yes. And, and it's, it's like, it's, I can't believe I remember that from my college degrees. Uh, <laughs> don't ask me to spell. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, this, this has been awesome. Yeah, this, this is very interesting. So we're going to have to have you back, especially when Rough Rider Suppressors go. Is that right? Did I say that right? We should get their president here to talk yeah, about yeah. it. I just tested it, exactly. and uh, I was very, very impressed. You know, maybe so. we'll put you in one seat, and we'll put them in the other seat. Yeah. And uh, they're out of Minnesota. Is that right? Minnesota, yes. Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. I've been to. I've been to Minnesota. I've been all over the state of Minnesota. There's some good people in Minnesota. All right, we are coming <laughs> down to the last few seconds, Bill. What do you got coming uh, up? Uh, I just want to know what are you going to shoot and uh, where? Well, I've got uh, an elk tag still that's good till the end of January. Now I got a private, yeah. uh, private property elk tag. So yeah, yeah we're going to try to go do that. 
I want to do it with a five five six or not what? five five six. <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm on the wrong. I want to do it with my six five suppressed. I got a twenty two. That's long what I'm going you for. Can take with you if you want. Yeah, you can might as that. well. Yeah. <laughs> that was Russell, awesome. Thank you very much. Thank Bill, you for having me. As gentlemen. always. Yeah, the thanks. Hell you say. <laughs> See ya. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.